today is a big day because I'm going to share what I learned from this Q&A episode experiment where we were making two podcast episodes a week. I'm going to share those numbers with you and I'm going to share the entire process of what it was like to create my ebook, which turns one today. And I've got a special coupon code for you in this episode so you can get my ebook for $10 to celebrate my 30th birthday. So hype. Let's get right into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today is a really big day because it is my 30th birthday and the one year birthday, one year anniversary of my ebook, Build Your Dream Stream, which you can find at streamcoachbook.com if you haven't checked it out already and you want to right now. And this is a big day. Obviously, I'm really excited to be out of my 20s. I'm excited to be in a new decade. I'm pumped to absolutely blow everything up this year and all the years to follow. But I also want to talk about ebooks and what my experience has been like with my first paid product, with monetizing in a way that's so different from anything that streamers have really done in the past. We're so used to like subs, bits, and tips, and we're comfortable with that level of monetization. But I think that looking at more financial income streams and setting ourselves up to have more streams is so, so, so important for every streamer. And it's not really the sexiest topic. These types of uh, subjects don't typically do well uh, compared to just our general growth topics during the podcast. But I think that this is a really special day and I just have been wanting to talk about this for so long. And I hope that you all will listen and learn a little bit and see if uh, potentially creating an ebook is something that would be useful for you. So we're going to get into why writing a book is important, what you can use a book for, who should write a book, and you want to keep listening till the end because I actually have a coupon code for you today for the next 24 hours to get my book for $10. It's usually $27. I really wanted to make it for free, but I just can't. I'm not in a financial position right now to be able to do that. Uh, and so I, I made it as cheap as I possibly could and looked at like the financial aspect of everything. And I really hope that it's enough to entice some of you to potentially pick it up. Um, and, you know, hopefully this is kind of me like doing my part with everything that's going on in the world right now. But I digress before we get into all of that. And I share this whole ebook writing process with you and, and teach you how you can do this for yourself. Something that I said I was going to talk about in this episode is exactly what happened whenever we added a second episode a week to this show. So for those of you who haven't been, or if you're tuning in for the first time, or if you haven't really been like paying too much attention, something that we have done over the past month is we've gone from a once a week upload schedule to a twice a week upload schedule. We were uploading every Thursday morning around like 6 a.m. And we went from every Thursday morning to uploading every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. And the Monday podcast episodes were Q&A 
podcast episodes where I just answered your questions. I gave you the opportunity to like tweet at me or post me in your Instagram stories and just ask a question. I would share it and answer it on social, but also answer it in the actual podcast. So I want to share those results with you and a couple of weird things that actually happened uh, just real quick before we jump into this podcast about uh, creating your own ebook. So Something that I really wasn't expecting was just how drastically this would change the amount of people listening to this podcast. Generally, you hear with podcasts that the more you can trigger the algorithm by posting more episodes, the more likely your show is going to get in front of more people. And so the reason that I wanted to run this little experiment was to see how true that actually was. If you have a podcast where you're posting one episode a week and it's like really meaty, really helpful, what happens if you start posting another podcast episode a week? Right. And so that was kind of what I wanted to gauge. And the results were not very good. So first off, I expected to have some people like a very minimal amount of people, a realistic amount, I I should say, tweeting at me and posting on Instagram stories and asking questions for these episodes. But for every single episode, we had almost zero people who actually asked questions. So I think Something that that's taught me is that it is incredibly difficult to convince someone who is listening to a podcast to try to engage with you on social media just because the reality of this medium is that people are doing something else. They're uh, driving to work or they are washing the dishes or chasing the kids around like they just don't have time to be able to be responding through social media or get in and like follow your your. I don't know, follow you anywhere or sign up for your email list or whatever. Those calls to action, the very, very active pieces that you generally request your audience to do while you're filming a YouTube video or you're in a stream, it's just not something that you can really do in a podcast just because of the way that this content is consumed. And so I think knowing that podcasts are not something that you can really have a call to action, it's more so just there for you to provide additional value and to remind people that you exist is really important. That's not to say that it's never going to work or that we can't have those calls to action like that. We can't make requests of our audience during podcasts, but the expectation, um, which my expectation for it was really realistic. I assumed maybe like two or 30 people a week would ask questions and that would be enough to create these 20 minute episodes but almost nobody did. I think we probably had like one or two people tweet at me the entire month. And I actually had to keep referring back to a Twitter thread that I posted uh, where I asked people just a a general AMA. um, And I got like, I think almost 40 questions on that. And we just used those questions during this entire month. So we had a very, very small lack of questions Another thing that I noticed is that the viewership or the listens on all of the episodes went down drastically, drastically. As of right now, the last Q&A episode went up yesterday because I'm actually filming this on March 17th. And that episode has 200 plays. 200 Episode three had 465 plays. Episode two had 578 plays. And episode one had 605 plays. And this is a drastic, drastic cut in listenership 
versus our normal like 2,000 to 5,000 plays per episode. So to me, that shows that y'all just kind of aren't really interested in these episodes, or it could also be that maybe the titles aren't very sexy, they're not very searchable, which is really important. We talked about that in our How to Grow a Podcast episode. There's probably a few things I could have done to promote this series a little bit better, get it in front of more people. I think overall, the marketing side of it was pretty weak, but I I relied on the views that we already had, the listeners that we already had, those 2,000 to 5,000 listens that we would get on every episode to kind of like bump up these new Q&A episodes, and they just didn't. They're not getting the listenership, and they're also detracting from the other episodes. The Thursday episodes are struggling right now. Uh, They're right around 1,000 to 2,500 plays, which is a drastic change from our 2,000 to 5,000. So I think something that is potentially happening is that the Q&A episodes might have made this podcast less searchable uh, because they're not optimized for search. And so it could be confusing algorithms and Google a little bit as far as what this YouTube channel, YouTube channel, oh my gosh, what, what this podcast is actually about. It could be that uh, they weren't very they weren't marketed very well. I didn't put a lot of energy into making sure that everyone knew that this was happening and we kind of had it all set up to be successful. Um, but also the content itself is just something that it seems like a lot of people aren't really that interested in. So I do think that running this experiment, though, was very helpful. I think that we could potentially try to go back to two episodes a week again in the future, but that would do it completely differently. I would either still do Q&A episodes, but try to disguise them around a common theme, um, or I would market it better, um, or it might just be the Q&A format. It might be something that is not, y'all just don't like it that much. Um, so it would have to be something like uh, maybe an, like emotional check-ins with what I'm doing, how I'm building my business, how I'm growing my YouTube channel, how I am uh, functioning in this <laughs> this world of being a content creator and trying to grow this huge business. So it might be something that we bring back, but for now, it, we definitely, I think, need to get back to basics here and just go back down to our... Thursday episodes and see if we can rebuild those back up and if that's going to keep if that's going to continue to change our listens if we can give them back to the 2000 to 5000 listens on every Thursday episode I will feel really good <laughs> I'm sure they'll get back there um after this it's just a matter of you know making sure that the content is still good and everything else so I'm excited to see how those numbers change as well. If you all like the Q&A episodes, feel free to tweet at me or Instagram stories, DM me or something and let me know. Uh, So far, we've had one person who has DM'd me and told me that they really like them. So it might just be the format, which is no big deal. I know that a lot of y'all just want to hang out and listen, which is totally fine, too. But I want to make sure that I'm sharing these experiments with you as I'm trying them so that you can learn for your own shows or for just general content creator knowledge. Growing your, your toolbox, essentially, is really important for me. And so that's why I wanted to do this little experiment and share it with you. Okay, now let's get into ebook. 
We're going to talk about why writing a book is important, what you use a book for, who should write a book, and the entire process, including coming up with your idea, making your ebook skeleton, the pre launch, se- not sequence, the pre launch strategy, your launch strategy, your post launch strategy, and then what to do with your ebook afterwards. And then after all of that, I'm going to give you the coupon code. Okay, let's start off with why writing a book is important. There are a lot of you out there who have brands that are either educational or even if they're entertainment brands, but you're struggling to get more viewers, you're struggling to grow your content, and you don't know what's missing. In some of your situations, not everyone, but for some of you, the thing that's missing for you is credibility and authority. You don't have a ton of viewers. You don't have a ton of social proof. Uh, which is other people hanging around out around your stuff and proving that it's valuable enough to hang out around. (laughs) So whenever people see that there's more numbers, more engagement, they're more likely to want to engage there too because there are already other people doing it. But it's an uphill battle, right? Social proof actively works for large channels and against smaller creators and smaller channels because you just don't have those numbers yet. And those numbers... As much as we, you know, can't attach our own personal value to them, they do kind of determine, dictate, or communicate the value of content to other people. So something that you need to build is your social proof. And something that you can do to build that social proof is build your authority and your credibility with your content or for the niche that you're participating in. Uh, For example, if you want to create content about yoga, Something that could be really good, of course, is live stream uh, and lead yoga sessions with people, make YouTube videos about different yoga workouts, and also write a book about it. Because whenever you write a book about it, it's going to bring credibility to all of that other content. It's going to make people think, oh, wow, not only... Does this person create YouTube videos and stream and is a yoga teacher, but they also wrote a book? There's this level of authority that comes with saying, I'm an author. I've published this book. I've written this thing. I've put this amount of time and energy and effort into it. If you want to immediately increase your authority and make other people have more potential to respect you, have more potential to under not understand, but I guess it is just respect. Um, if you want to create that level of attention from people, then a book is one of many strategies, many things that you can do in order to generate that level of authority, which is really important. If you are a content creator who's very successful, you have a lot of authority. It's a piece that you need. If you are a smaller content creator who doesn't have a ton of success yet, you need authority and a book can help you get that. So what do you use a book for, right? It can absolutely grow your community. It grows that credibility. It grows that authority. Some people will use a book to call themselves a best-selling author. Uh, Some people will use a book to dive deeper with their audience, to give your audience an option of supporting you, but also give them something in return. I think this is really important for streamers to think about is that It feels so comfortable for you to just stream, hang out, play video games, and people sub, bits, tips, all that kind of stuff, right? But what are they really getting whenever they do that? 
yeah, they're supporting the space and the community and they're supporting you. And that's awesome. And you shouldn't take for granted what you are actually doing for people and what you're actually giving them whenever you are streaming. You're providing them a space. You're giving them, you're providing them with a service. You're giving them a place to come in and connect with other people and, and receive some kind of value from you. But if they're going to give you $20 anyways for just hanging out, imagine you're hanging out, you mention an ebook, and they pay you $20, and they also get this download of a ton of information of your thoughts, your unique values and perspectives and information or entertainment that you can give them through that book. It's an extra kind of thank you. It's an extra way for you to help. And in terms of who should write a book, I th- honestly, I think everyone. I, I can't think. I've been racking my brain about this for the longest time. I can't think of a streamer or content creator who I don't think would fit with having an ebook. The only person who shouldn't have one, I think, is someone who just doesn't want to do the work to make one. If it's not something that you're excited about, if you don't want to spend the time doing it, you don't have to do it. There are a ton of other ways to make money and grow your authority and grow more credibility, but a book is a really, really easy introductory product to get started with all of those things. It's a, like the easiest way, in my opinion, to, to monetize in a better way, in a deeper way that's going to provide people more value and help people more. So, I think it's for everyone, regardless if you want to write something that's funny or you want to write something that educates people, or maybe it's just your story and it's meant to inspire people and be emotional and and help them overcome something that's really hard in their life. It doesn't really matter. That opportunity is there for everyone. I will say that writing a book can be a very stressful and strenuous process. And I'm going to get into the process here in just a second because I think that it's really important for you to know that it's not just as easy as write a bunch of words and then sell it. It really is a whole process. And there were times where I was writing my book and I was kind of miserable because I'm not naturally a writer. And it was my first product. I never had experience with products before. And just the product creation process itself is very stressful and can be very overwhelming. And it's very, very active brain energy that you have to bring to it. You can't just like sit and relax and watch a stream and kind of type away. You have to actively be paying attention to exactly what you're saying, how to communicate it the best, making sure everything is clear. There are a lot of different steps in this process and it can be, uh, it can be mentally taxing. Uh, I think that One of the most difficult parts here is probably for you to go from being a person who's like, who would buy an ebook from me? Who would buy my book? I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to share. What the heck would I even talk about to being a person who has their book, who's made, you know, tens of thousands of dollars with it, who has uh, this authority and credibility and has other people who are actively referring the book to their friends and has this like word of mouth kind of it it becomes this snowball where it's constantly just flowing and you're making more money and you're you're building your credibility and your authority and going from person a to person b in this situation is really difficult sometimes it requires some perspective shifts and some shifts about who we are our place in the world and it 
it really does require at least a level of belief in ourself. If you don't believe in yourself now that you are a person who deserves to have an ebook, then you have to believe that you will believe that of yourself in the future. And you, you need to be actively trying to work towards that in order to create this book. Otherwise, you will self-sabotage, you'll question yourself, or you'll create the book and you just won't talk about it anymore because you have some level of internalized shame about it. A lot of this... and creating products just in general is an internal process and doing this internal work is really what leads to the success that allows you to monetize, make more money, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to get into my analytics real quick before we get into the process of what it's like to actually make the book so that I can show you how impactful creating an ebook can be. So I started uh, the pre-sale process for my ebook on February 24th, 2019. It released March 19th, officially 2019. And I went live on March 19th to celebrate that actual launch. So let's talk about what the numbers have been were like then and what the numbers are like today. The first day that I launched it for pre-sale... It did, let's see, it did 39 sales with 350 views and it made $780 in one day. Now, for some of you, you're going to be like, well, Ashney, you're, you're relatively well known. Like I, I am nobody, nobody knows who I am. How the heck am I going to get sales? Nobody is even going to buy this thing. I thought y'all this blew my mind because I thought my only expectation for this ebook was I want 40 sales if I can make 40 sales wow that's crazy that's so much money that's so that's so cool I can't believe people would do that and I would feel really good about that I thought the entirety of the life of this ebook would be 40 sales we did 40 sales on the first day and so that goes to show you that your expectation of, of what you think is possible is generally way, way below what actually is possible. There are so many people out there who want either the solutions that you can give them, the entertainment that you can give them, the, the whatever it is that you want to give them with your book. They want that from you. But you just have to be brave enough to create the thing and ask for that from them, right? So I thought I was going to do 40 sales. All right, the first day, you know what, before we get into like covering all of these days, let me tell you the totals. 6,527 views over the last year. We've made 925 sales over the last year, which is $21,620. $21,000 from a $27 ebook, y'all. 925 sales. Now, I'm not like the most successful person by any means. I'm still figuring a lot of this stuff out. I'm not a like business boss babe or a like big one of the biggest content creators by any means. When I first released this book, I think we had like 80 average viewers on Twitch or so. This was before the virality from like lyric calling me out before the the all of the attention that stream coaching got back in um like 
I think I want to say it was like April of 2019 was when all of that drama was going on. And even then, even being someone who didn't have any attention from all of these massive creators, we still blew it up. So the first day we did 39 sales, which was $780. The second day we had 488 views on it, 58 sales, $1,160. The third day we did 13 sales and $260. The fourth day, I'm trying to like make it work right. <laughs> the fourth day we had 22 sales, which was $440. And then we had about uh, a couple of weeks in here, about a week and a half, I want to say, of like we did $20, $40, $180. And then we had the launch day, which was March 19th. And because I went live, I was able to sell this and talk about it and kind of celebrate the numbers and share the numbers with everyone while I was live, which everyone really really enjoyed that and i'll talk about that in the process as well and we did 82 sales and 1460 dollars in that one stream that is crazy 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 since then we've had a few other days where it's really popped off but the ebook generally makes between uh I want to say between like a thousand to five thousand dollars a month. It really just depends. It's kind of all over the place. We've had some really, really good months. And then we've had some months where like I think like a month ago, there was really only one sale in a week, which was crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, normally it brings in uh, probably around three hundred and fifty dollars a week or so. So now you can see that. The potential here is huge because you first build the product. I spent like six months on this book and it should not have taken that long. I'm, I stand by the fact that you can probably complete an ebook and get it out there and pre-sell it and launch it and everything in like two months, maybe even less than that if you're really dedicated and you have the time to work towards it. But we created the thing. And now the thing is just selling for us automatically. I barely promote this. I barely talk about it. All of the sales are word of mouth from other people. I'm not selling this through Instagram stories. I'm not talking about this on Twitter. It's very, very rare that I tweet about it or that I bring any attention to it. I'll retweet whenever somebody else says that they bought the book because I kind of want to celebrate that moment. But other than that, I'm not doing hard sales, y'all. This is not something that I'm having to, to sell. So if you're afraid of sales, it can be like creating products like this can be very natural and comfortable. Okay, now let's get into the actual process. I'm going to talk to you about my kind of emotions going through everything, the strategies that I used and all of that. So the first step is coming up with your book idea. Like what the heck? Okay, so I'm bought into this idea. I kind of want to make a book. I've, I'm thinking about it, but how do I even come up with the idea? What do I, I what are people going to buy from me? What do they care about? This was really easy. In my situation, because I already knew that I wanted to to create stuff for streamers, right? And I knew that there was a lot of monetization potential and business potential in helping streamers uh, just grow their communities, monetize, all of that. 
And so for me, something that was really important was that I also included my story because that's something that's really important and impactful. Uh, But it also goes into a lot of the strategies that I truly believe in that I think are the most helpful. And that if someone doesn't want to spend tons and tons and tons of time and hours watching all my YouTube videos, consuming all of my content, then the ebook is going to be a source for them to be able to go through those very, very quickly. And so this was something that for my situation was very easy to come up with the idea. But for you, it might be a little bit harder because maybe you don't have an educational brand, right? If you do, think about all of those common questions that you get, the most common problems everyone has, and how you can create an ebook that takes someone from point A to point B, right? If you don't have an educational brand and you're more entertainment based or maybe you're a mental health advocate or maybe you are um, uh, you're you're something not in the educational side of things, consider the information that your audience now and your future audience need to really know about you. What is it that brings people to your channel? See, people ask this a lot of streamers just to see, just to kind of gauge where they're at in their journey. Because someone who has a lot of self-awareness, who can say, hey, this is exactly why people come to me, has a much, much, much higher potential of success versus someone who's like, I'm not really sure why people come in. I have no idea. Because whenever you have the self-awareness and you know what people are coming for, you can figure out how to stretch that, where else to create more content for them, how to create more topics for that content, how to uh, resonate with people, how to relate with them. Whenever you know who you are and you know why people come to you, then you're going to be able to take that information and use it in so many other ways that are going to be beneficial to you as a creator. But if you don't have the answer to that question yet, you have to find and create the answer to that question. So if you're an entertainment brand, think about what are the stories from my life that I can present in a way that is aligned with my current brand voice and my current brand vision? How can I take these stories and grow my brand and grow my authority and make people realize all of these different things about my character? So the person that I have in mind while I'm thinking about this is Seti, right? Seti or not, Green Dumpling, absolutely hilarious, amazing entertainment-based content creator. What are the stories and the the things that I would want to know about Seti? He lives in Malaysia, but what was his what was his childhood like? How did he grow up? How did he become this really outgoing, vivacious personality? What things has he overcome? What types of adversities have been thrown in his face because he's a gay man in Malaysia? What has it been like being a Malaysian content creator? who is creating stuff for Americans. What are the stories there? What are What's the adversity that he's faced whenever it comes to building a brand and trying to get sponsored and trying to monetize and trying to do everything that he's doing, but he lives in a different country? What things has he not been able to do because of his location? And how did you come to have read books? I don't have to tell you the differences between all of the different types of books and, and how you can make them so different, but... 
you really have free reign here to do whatever you want. You just have to approach this from the perspective of your reader. What is going to keep them engaged to turn the page? It's just like creating content anywhere else. Making a book is the exact same. How do I get them to keep watching? How do I get them to keep reading? How do I get them to keep showing up to my stream every single time? You want to think on every single page of your book how you can make it more compelling to turn the page and keep reading. So you make your skeleton, you have your intro, the meat, the outro, just like you do with any other content. And then this is whenever you do your pre-launch phase, okay? The goal of your pre-launch phase is to make sure that your entire community and their communities and everyone you know, as many people as you possibly can, will learn about your book. This is whenever you're going to set a release date for your book and you're going to pre-sell your book, okay? This is the secret. This is the juicy, like, golden nugget that you've been waiting for in this podcast episode. Both of these pieces, okay? One, set a date. You have to set a release date. The reason that my book took six months to be created was because I did not set a release date for it. I said, oh, I want to I want to write an ebook. And so what did I do? I started researching how to write ebooks, the pre-launch, the launch, the post-launch, what it was like. I read all of the books about about creating books. I watched all the videos about creating books and I hit analysis paralysis. And that means that I was consuming so much content about the thing that I wasn't just making the thing. But you can't just consume content about anything that you do in life. You have to take action if you want to reach your goals. And I'm almost to the point where I'm like, most of the content you really don't need because the processes of creating these things, of making the YouTube videos, of making the content is going to teach you so, so, so much. There's, of course, value in using YouTube videos and books and programs and resources and mentors and all that kind of stuff for growing yourself and and making your process last a shorter amount of time so you can get things out faster and better and more efficiently and more quality. But... You will always learn more from the process of actually doing the thing. And so once I realized that I was going through this level of analysis paralysis about the book, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I can't do this. Otherwise, I will keep learning about how to write a book, but I'm never going to write the actual book. And I want the authority. I want the credibility. I want the sales. I want to give people something that they've never really seen before in this community. So I'm just going to go for it. And whenever you set a date, you have this fire inside of you because now you have to get it done or people are going to know that they can't trust you. If I had set my launch date for March 19th, 2019, and I pushed it back and pushed it back and pushed it back, people would not have the buyer's confidence in knowing that I can get things out whenever I say that I can and knowing that I can create the thing, get it out there and put it up. That builds even more credibility and authority for me because a lot of people will talk all day about the projects that they want to make, but they'll never actually go through and make them. So you set a date and you specifically set a date whenever you pre-sell your book Pre-selling your book is such a golden nugget of wisdom here because you don't want to wait until the book is actually done to figure out if people want it, okay? 
you don't know for sure, for sure, for sure, if people actually want your book until they either give you money or they don't. Okay, because you might post on Twitter, you might post on Instagram, you might ask your stream community and say, I'm thinking of writing an ebook. What do y'all think? And everyone is going to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But until they actually give you money for the thing, if they don't put their money where their mouth is, then you might just have a bunch of yes men around you. You might just have people who are really supportive of the things that you want to do, which is really great. But without knowing whether or not they will give you your money, their money, you don't know if your book is a good idea or not, okay? And there's no reason for you to go into the entire process of writing your book, creating your book, and all of the energy that that's going to take, all the time that's going to take away from your other content, there's no reason for you to make all of this if they're not going to buy it, okay? So to pre-sell your book, what you do is I did this on gumroad.com, which is a website for people to create products and release them to their audiences. And it's an amazing website. I love it. I'm going to use it more. I highly recommend it. And you... Basically, fill out a couple of sections. You have a section for graphics. So you can create some like just temporary placeholder graphic. You do not have to have the completed design of your book up there. Then you give them a little peek inside. And that is why making your skeleton before you pre-sell your book is important because the skeleton, all of the chapters that you've laid out, all of the content that you've laid out is what you're going to put into this pre-sell little like informational box, okay? You put that in there and you also set the launch date. So you set your launch date, mine was March 19th, and any of the files that you upload to Gumroad, and these are going to be your actual ebook files, those are going to be sent out to the people who pre-buy your book. Whenever it comes to pre-selling, I do think that giving them a little bit of a discount is also a very smart idea. So my book sells for $27, but when we pre-sold it, it was $20. You give them a little bit of discount to entice them to purchase ahead of time. And you also make sure that they know that all the information that you put in these sections whenever you're pre-selling your book can change. So the actual finalized skeleton of your ebook might change. The actual design of your ebook is going to change and that that's okay. But you want to make sure that people know that and you put that in the little informational section of your book. And then you start selling it. You take that link of where people can buy your book, you post it on all of your social media platforms. If you have an email list, you throw it there, you talk about it during your stream, you start getting on podcasts and promoting it, you start, think of like any marketing strategy that you've ever seen. How can I get this thing in front of lots of people and do that? It's it's basically a numbers game. You want to get it in front of as many people as you possibly can. You go on podcast tours, you collab with a bunch of people, you talk about the process. And the beautiful thing about your pre-launch strategy here is that you start sharing behind the scenes of what it's like to make your ebook. Because when people see the process, they're more invested in the outcome. And so the more that you can show people that process of you creating the ebook, 
and you start asking them questions, asking them who you should bring on to uh, to design it for you or what information they want to see inside of it, you allow them to have a little bit of input, then they're going to feel really invested in the outcome. They're going to be more likely to buy it. And they see all of this promotional information to kind of like hype up the launch. So you do this all the way until you actually launch the book, but we haven't actually finished the book yet. We haven't even technically started writing the book. So our next step in this process is we make our bonuses and then we write our book. Oh, another thing you need to know real quick about pre-selling your book is that when someone pre-buys your book, they aren't actually charged until the book launches. So it's basically just a commitment that they're going to pay the $20 or $27 for your ebook whenever it launches on your launch date. But they're not they're not paying anything the time that they click the button. So that's a really easy piece of information to share that's going to entice people to sign up faster because they know if they know that they don't have to pay for it now and they're actually going to pay for it later, they're going to be more likely to click the button so that they get that reminder and they they know that they don't have to pay now. So it's not an immediate like, oh my gosh, give me you're taking my money type of situation, right? Which gives them a lot of comfort. Okay, so pre-selling your book, but now we need to make our bonuses and now we need to write our book. Your bonuses are really important because people will buy your ebook, but if you want a really solid marketing campaign for this, you're gonna wanna add on bonuses to kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. And these are extras that you wanna say are secret surprises for the people who sign up uh, as a pre-sell. Your bonuses, I, in my opinion, I think should deepen the relationship that you are growing throughout the book. I had two bonuses. I had an audiobook, which was requested because there were a lot of people saying that they didn't like reading. There are some people who um, are, are hearing, or not hearing impaired, um, uh, hard of sight, and they uh, or even legally blind people that wanted the book and so having an audiobook version for them was really really important the second bonus that i had was a workbook so throughout the book i actually talked a lot about different exercises that i was doing uh, throughout my entire journey of building my stream and getting partnered and achieving all the success that i had achieved but I wanted something that people could do to feel like they were a part of that journey too. And so they could use these exercises to learn the same lessons that I had learned. That was something that was unique and specific to my book that might not be applicable to your situation, but you want to think of bonuses. Think of extras that you can give people if they pre-buy the book. You can continue to give them people to people even if they don't pre-buy, but the bonuses are essentially free things that are going to entice someone to actually purchase. And this is the same of like, it's like buy one pair of shoes, get another for free, right? BOGO, like buy one, get one free. That's why they do this is because they entice people to actually make the purchase. Whenever you know that you're spending $27 on this ebook, but oh, there's this thing that's added in, this thing that's added in, just kind of sweetens the pot and makes it more likely. Now, the reason that you want to create these bonuses before you write the book is because you're going to want to refer to your bonuses when you do write the book. 
Now let's get into the actual process of writing the book because this process for me sucked a lot. This sucked. It was the worst. Something that's really difficult when you're writing an ebook is that you're going to want to make all the edits as you're writing. So you're going to start coming up with all of these different ideas, all of these different uh, things that you want to communicate in each section of your book. And you're going to keep coming up with stuff and keep coming up with stuff and keep coming up with stuff. This is also really important why this is also why it's really important for you to set a release date for your book because whenever you are creating an ebook like this, your brain is basically going to be in overdrive and you're going to be constantly looking for new stories to share, new things you want to put in your book, new information you want to put in, and you're constantly going to be hit with this information of stuff that you want to put in there to the point where it's going to be never ending. Okay. If you didn't give yourself a release date, you will literally try to put your entire life story and everything that's inside of your brain into this one book. So you have to set limitations and boundaries on the process. So the writing process is just for us people who are not writers who like to talk more. (laughs) is not fun. It is not fun um, because of that, because of that level of overwhelm. And essentially what you want to do here is you want to take the skeleton that you made in step two of this process, and then you want to start just bullet pointing out different things that you want to make sure that you talk about. And then you want to start writing out your actual sentences. Whenever you're doing this process, this is not the editing process, okay? This is not the formatting process. This is just the writing. These are going to be huge blocks of text. They're going to be super ugly. It's going to be visually fatiguing for you to look at, but that's okay because after you have written all of the information down, you'll go to the next step, which is editing the book. That's when you're going to format it all. That's whenever you're going to send it to people who know their shit about writing. (laughs) Sorry if you're listening with children. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're going to send it to people who know about writing and editing and can tell you things that are unclear, maybe grammatically incorrect. You want to make sure that the experience of reading your book is really, really good and enjoyable. And so that's why you want to send it to people who know this process and who uh, either went to school for communication or maybe they write for different companies and publishers or whatever. So you edit the book down. And then that's whenever you've got this finalized written version of your book. After that, you design it. You want your book to look good. And you don't just design a cover for your book, but you decide you design the inside of the book too. So you're going to have different graphics that you're going to want to put in there to illustrate your points better. And what's really cool about this is that you have an ebook. You don't have a real book, so it doesn't have to be just text constantly. Ebooks are typically more visual. They're more design oriented. They use lots of color. They use lots of elements to keep people visually interested versus just a bunch of pages filled with text. So you want to design the book to be uh, visually interesting. I brought on a Brito art to design my ebook for me. And I promised her. I want to say it was like $300 out of the the money that the book would make. So she was very, very gracious. She didn't make me pay anything up front to actually have the book designed. This is going to depend heavily on your relationship with your designer, okay? Some people are going to be comfortable with that. They're going to trust you with that. And some people are not. So you have to 
abide by whatever it is that your your designer says unless you want to design the book yourself do not recommend it hire someone i'm serious it is totally worth paying three hundred dollars to have that higher quality of what your book looks like because the way that it looks and the way that it's presented to the world and the photos of it will either entice people to buy it or will turn them away if it looks really unprofessional they're going to think the information inside is really unprofessional so get a professional to design it uh, you can reach out to, uh, you know what, I don't think I should say that because I don't think Brito is taking commissions right now. Uh, but look for artists. She's She had never done an ebook before whenever I brought her on. I just liked her design style. And so we figured it out together and eventually settled on something that we liked. Then after you've designed the book and you've put everything together, what happened for us was Brito packaged it all into a PDF for me. Uh, she, I gave her the, the written side of the book and then she put everything into an, like an actual PDF with the cover of the book, all of the different pages laid out and designed the way that she had designed them. Any links that we included were included on the PDF so people could actually click on them. And then we moved to the next stage, which was recording the audio version. Now, I actually recorded the audio version while she was designing the book. And the cool part about having a team for this is that a lot of these steps happen at the same time. So whenever I'm writing the book and making the bonuses, you know what? Actually, after I've written the book... And then I send the book off to the editors. That's also whenever I contacted Brito and I was like, hey, let's design this thing. And so we started working on the design. So the editing and the design, step six and step seven, were both happening at the exact same time. Then we had the step of filming the audiobook, which was the responsibility that I took on while the editing was happening with my editors and while the design was happening with Brito. I recorded the audiobook and sent it off to my podcast editor, Paige, and she was able to uh, make it sound a lot better, have it just, you know, way more professional so that whenever people bought the, the book and listened to the audio version, it actually sounded good. So we sent that off to her. And then all of this finished, y'all, I'm not kidding, the Monday, or the Monday, the morning of March 19th. <laughs> if you've heard of... Oh, it's not Murphy's Law. What law is it? Oh, this is going to kill me. <sighs> There's this law where essentially uh, work is going to expand or detract to fit the time allotted, right? So if you set a, a date for your book, it's very likely that your book is going to last. The creation process will last all the way up until that release point. That's why it's so important to set a date, because if you don't set a date, the scope of your work is going to just continue expanding and you're never going to set those limits, set those boundaries and get that release. You have to pre-sell and you have to set a date. So we finished the morning of March 19th at like 11.50 a.m. I went live at noon and the book launched at noon. And that's that's it. That's whenever it was done. That's whenever everything was finished and completed. And we had our official launch day. Our launch day, we went live. I tweeted it. We posted it on Instagram. We shared, of course, everyone else who was buying it, um, which we still pretty much do to this day. And 
we were live. And I think that's the, the most important component whenever you launch a product like this is be live, like celebrate that with your community, enjoy that experience together. And, and it's such a good way. Oh my gosh, this is something I should have talked about in the very beginning, because this is very important. But creating products like this is such a good way to reignite the buzz about you, who you are and what you do. Something that a lot of streamers don't think about is how to generate more attention towards themselves, right? Because you're a streamer, you're a content creator, your job is to get attention from people. And if you're just doing the same thing every single day, if all you're doing is streaming, you're streaming the same game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that consistency is really important, but you also need to have something that are those big lightning in a bottle moments, right? And you can manufacture these by creating things like subathons. This is why sub people do subathons. This is why people do big charity streams. This is why people release products. This is why uh, people do cosplays. All of those weird event streams that you do to get that higher level of viewership, that like upward momentum for your stream, products are just another thing that does that. And so if you become known as someone who releases products and services from time to time, that's going to be something that consistently reignites the buzz about you and your brand. That's why doing something like this is really, really important. And having a good pre-launch, launch and post-launch strategy is really important to show people that that buzz about you exists and to keep generating more attention. And I think the entire... The most important thing during this entire process was this launch day because everything had been building up to it. I'd been sharing the process of what it was like writing a book. I was talking about it with my community, getting on podcasts and talking about it, doing all of these pre-launch things that we've talked about here. And it all culminated in this day where hundreds of people got their book and a few hundred more. How many even was it? Oh my gosh. This is a, this is a night. Okay. There were 82 sales on the actual day, and it was an, an exciting moment. It was a birthday stream. It was an ebook stream. Like, I'm so grateful to all of you who experienced that moment with me and are continuing to experience all of this stuff with me because it's it's so cool to just be creating these things and, and, and have a community that allows me to experiment. I think that's the biggest thing because not everyone has that and you can create that out of your community, but you, you just, you have to be brave enough to be able to do it. Um, and it's very scary. Trust me. It feels like it kind of sucks. So you launch it and then step 11 is your post launch. So this is this is all of the strategies that you are going to use as your book kind of is in existence. So a big one here for us is the retweeting and the sharing of people who share the fact that they actually buy the book. I think that that brings a lot more credibility to it. It's social proof, right? To show that people are actually buying this thing. People are way more likely to buy a thing if they see other people buying it. Not everyone wants to be the first one. And so the fact that the book has gotten to the point where it's at now, where we've had hundreds of people buy it, 925 
sales, over $21,000 of sales. That's huge. Those are numbers that I honestly never thought that I would be able to make. I grew up very, very poor and seeing $20,000 from an ebook that I made that I'm barely doing anything for now. That's that's awesome. That's so cool. And that's a huge opportunity for so many people that either have bigger brands than me or smaller brands than me. And y'all can still be able to consistently make sales, make an income without having to keep making all of these different uh, products constantly or get into the service side of stuff. You can just make a book and let it go out there and do its thing. Another thing that we had post-launch was an affiliate program, which hasn't really been that successful. Some of our affiliates have made sales, but they're not really doing as much as I would say the social proof is really doing. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, so we have someone who has sold So we've probably made around like 15 sales that have been from the affiliate program. Um, I will say that there's a lot more work that I could do for the affiliate program if I wanted to increase or help this team kind of increase their sales. And the affiliate program is something that everyone who buys the book has access to. It's a Uh, An email sequence that comes through after you've bought the book, you're going to get within the next couple of days an email about signing up for the affiliate program if you want to sell it to your community as well. Uh, I thought that it would be a bit more successful than it actually is uh, because it is a 50% payout. So if I make $27 from an ebook, if it's sold through an affiliate, I actually get half that and the affiliate gets the other half. So an affiliate makes like $13 a sale, which is just crazy because most affiliate programs are like 10%. Um, but that's another thing that's really cool about your own products is that you get to be quite a bit more generous with them, which I, I think is really nice. So the other thing is having a good email sequence for your post launch. What happens whenever you launch your book or someone buys your book in six months, what emails do you want them to receive afterwards? And that's something that you can set up whenever you sell a book on Gumroad too. I would recommend a thank you email, uh, a recommendation email, and a uh, affiliate program email. And then that's it. I don't think that this should be something that you really start. Uh, I don't think this should be something that you really start sending them a bunch of emails. Uh, It doesn't have to be like that. At some point, I would love to get to the point where I know enough about email marketing to be able to recommend that y'all do that. But at this point, I think just having a couple of emails for them afterwards is totally fine. This is something called a nurture, where essentially what you're trying to do is nurture that relationship with them a little bit. And you're either trying to like get ratings on your book or get recommendations, get them to share about your book, whatever you, whatever steps you want them to take afterwards, don't hesitate to have that email sequence set up. And then the last step here is really just use your momentum because you are going to create a lot of momentum for yourself whenever you have a book like this and you launch the book and it's going to bring you a lot of, of attention. It's going to bring a lot of credibility and authority to your brand And you also have this ability with products 
to keep with the momentum of creation. So something that happened for me whenever I created the ebook was that I made the book and I was also keeping up with all of my content at that time, the podcast, the YouTube channel, and the streams, and all the social media, and the community, and the community nights, and the and trying to make this book. And it was burnout-inducing. I hit burnout super, super hard. And I, uh, you could tell in the streams, I was definitely lacking in energy. You could tell that uh, I was very overwhelmed and... Once this book was finished, I was so happy, so excited. It was so cool to see something like making money online. What the heck? But I did not create another product until recently, whenever I started creating Stream Coach Academy. And that was almost a year. So I think I spent like six months before I really created another product again. But whenever you just finish a product, it's so fresh in your mind of how to create the product, how to uh, like the actual process of everything, right? Because you just did it. And so after you've created a thing, it's really great sometimes to use that momentum and jump into the next thing and start creating another product immediately and make sure that this one is even better, has even more value. Maybe it's a different format. Maybe you go from an ebook to creating an online course, or maybe you start going from an ebook to a service. You start coaching people or, or selling your time in some way, doing commissions, whatever it is. And this is a perfect time for you to use that momentum and not just relax. There's a level of relaxation that's really important. And by all means, I should have absolutely relaxed here because I hit my my burnout. I hit my my ceiling, y'all. And I think it's very important throughout this process that you're very conscious of burning out and your emotion or inner energy ceiling. Because you don't want to overwork yourself to the point where you can't stream anymore, you can't create content anymore. You still want to have that consistency with all of your content, even though you're working on products or services. And so something that I think is really important is that you give yourself extra time if you think that you need it. If it's your first book and you're not sure what this process is going to be like or how long it's going to take you, pre-sell it. But give yourself like two months. Maybe you launch it uh, for pre-sell on April 1st, but it's not actually going to come out until June 1st. And that's totally fine. You can have that amount of time in between the announcement of your book and the pre-sell or the actual launch of your book. That's okay. Give yourself additional time. Let yourself have longer than you expect not too long because we don't want to to expand our work too much, but give yourself a little bit of extra time to figure it out so that you don't stress yourself out and overwhelm yourself and burn yourself out. But uh, if you need to take a break after this process, that's totally fine. Just know that taking a break, this is the same as with streaming. Whenever you're streaming a lot and then you take a break for like one or two weeks, getting back into it can be really, really hard, right? You might have to wait for a moment of like massive inspiration to be able to jump back in. And it's the same with a product or your ebook. After you finish your book, yeah, you might want to give yourself a little bit of time off, but if you give yourself too much time off and you want to create another product, 
it's going to be very difficult for you to make that jump from relaxation, not really making a product in my spare time to now I'm trying to make this course or make this merch or start doing commissions for people because you're not in that same headspace. There's uh there's something called, oh gosh, task switching. So there's actually a, a detriment to your productivity whenever you switch from task to task. And it's the same on a macro scale like this. If you are switching from uh, creating a product to creating another product, it's still creating a product. So there's, there's less detriment to your productivity. But if you go from creating a product, having a big break to creating another product, you basically have to go from being in the frame of mind of creating this product to total relaxation, not creating a product at all, to getting yourself back into that mindset and that that mind state, which can take a bit of time, which means the beginning of the process can be really, really slow, really annoying, really hard emotionally. So you might consider using that momentum while you have it. Okay, that was really long. That, of course, was longer than I expected it to be, as they freaking always are. So whatever. It is what it is. I hope that this kind of pulled the curtain back on the process of making an ebook and making your first book. If you'd like to check out my book, you can go to streamcoachbook.com. It is $10 today to celebrate my 30th birthday. If you'd like to pick it up, there's a coupon code for you. And that coupon code is HAPPY BIRTHDAY all caps. And that is going to get you the book for 10 freaking dollars, friends. Tweet at me and let me know uh, if you have any questions about creating your own book or the process of this. This is specifically through Gumroad and through you uh, producing your own book. Okay. So this isn't like I didn't go into Amazon. I didn't go into creating a physical book. Those are two completely different things that I don't have experience with. This is just Gumroad, which in my opinion is the easiest and the most financially successful way of doing this because because Amazon limits the amount that you can actually charge for books. And there are going to be a lot of you who the value of your book is worth way more than like $10. So, uh, you should be charging like $25 or $27. That's something that we should probably talk about too in the future is like pricing products, but it's not something that really fits in in this uh, episode. So if you want that episode, just like tweet at me or hit me up on Instagram and let me know that you want it. I hope this was helpful. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And... Leave us a comment on iTunes or Google Play so that more people can find the show. Give us whatever rating you feel is true and honest, uh, which is probably five stars because this is just the perfect podcast, the perfect episode. Definitely didn't stumble on any of my words at all. (laughs) I love you all so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!